0: But let's kick on to the top five or so approximately top five topics of r slash apple for the last i think i chose the last week this time since we did have a chat last week already yeah so the 2016 macbook pro butterfly keyboards are apparently failing twice as often as others so um it was apple insider i think he actually did the whole investigation and this was posted by north02 on reddit and they checked i think it was Ever since the MacBooks went Retina, that was 2012, up until 2015, um, they they got um, failure rates or the number of repair cases, and then they got the results for 2016, and then they also extrapolated what we've got for the 2017 models so far. So it's not based on hard facts as far as I can tell, it's more anecdotal, but their numbers do seem pretty good. I think they got them just by talking to Apple geniuses, as far as I could tell in the article.
1: And I'd probably believe those numbers just from the posts I've seen on Reddit over the last couple of years. There's been a lot of complaints about keyboard issues. Um, Like, I haven't experienced this on my 2017 model, but I've heard a lot of people say that if you get, like, a piece of dirt under your key, the key will just stop functioning.
0: Yeah, I I thought you had the 2016 model. Have you upgraded, or did I have that wrong? Uh, No, I got the 2017 model.
1: I had the 2013 until just a couple of months ago. And then I purchased the most recent one. So that would have been the 2017 model.
0: Okay. So the report said that 2016s were worse. 2017s were slightly better, but still nowhere near the old Retina MacBooks. So Apple has apparently done something.
1: Have you experimented much with these butterfly keyboards? Have you used them on any products?
0: Yeah, I've got the 2016 MacBook Pro non-touch. Oh, bar. okay. Yeah. Have you had any issues with yours? I had a volume key go out for about a week but it just came back on its own so i don't know what's going on there like on the touch bar the
1: volume key stopped working
0: no it's the non-touch bar oh the non-touch so bar one right right i've right. got physical okay. volume keys yeah oh okay and it would huh. take like an extra hard tap and really often wouldn't hit, wouldn't activate the volume uh, for about a week though so i'm guessing a little piece of something got lodged underneath there and then repeatedly tapping on it just cleared it out eventually
1: what, what is your opinion
0: on the butterfly mechanism to the old chiclet keyboard uh, to type on I just love typing on it I haven't done any you know actual scientific testing to see if I'm better at typing on it or more accurate or anything like that but just the the tactility is that a word the tactile feel yeah. of it yeah exactly it's just so nice compared to um, the other the older style keyboards I have got an iMac with the old chiclet keyboard so I go mm. back to that pretty regularly because it's like my, my Plex server um, right you know on it maybe once a day and it just feels like I don't know, pushing fingers into soft bread or something like that compared to the <laughs> new keyboard. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know. I've uh, I felt the same way. I've seen a lot of people uh, with the opposite opinion, though, feeling like the older keyboards were better. And uh, being a, a software engineer, I spend probably 12 to 14 hours a day uh, typing. So the way a keyboard feels is really important to me. Um, and before the... the uh, butterfly keyboard came out. Apple's previous chiclet keyboard was actually my favorite. Uh, I'm not too into the mechanical keyboard craze that a lot of people are into. Uh, but I thought the chiclet keyboard was nice. It had nice travel. And it was uh, soft to type on. And I was actually most accurate on that because I don't know, just not having to press the key so far down made a huge difference to me. And then I went to this butterfly keyboard and now uh, if I'm like even if I'm writing a report or some kind of document, I will forego my desktop setup just to set like on the couch with my laptop because i prefer that keyboard so much
0: wow uh, yeah it's a really um mixed bunch of opinions out there isn't there everyone i think everyone i've actually like talked to and not just read online seems to like it and then uh, there's definitely a vocal bunch online that doesn't like it i'll tell you one thing i really dislike about it though it's the um what do you call it not the d-pad the the arrows. Left, right, up, and down—they oh, are really hard to to hit accurately for me. Like I, I constantly have to feel them up more than once to <laughs> work out what I'm about to hit. Compared to the old layout, where there's actually a space above the left and the right key, I much preferred that. Right. I have the
1: all oh, the magic the magic keyboard, the wireless one that they've released. That was rechargeable, like a couple of years ago. And it uses the old key mechanism, but it has the same arrow key layout as the new butterfly mechanisms. So so I'd grown accustomed to it, and it hasn't been an issue for me at all.
0: Okay. But so I live in hope that one day I'll get used to it, but it's been <laughs> a year already. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I guess there's not a ton of cases where I use arrow keys anymore, like... I mean, not that I game very much, but if I do game, it's always... They've switched to WASD for all the movements, and they don't use arrow keys as much anymore as they used to.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Mm. but, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'm a little concerned about is future resale value of my laptop, because I always hold that in high regard. I always try and get the most out of my laptop when I sell it, when it's two or three years old. Oh, yeah. Um, But but how is that? Is that going to take a hit, do you think, from having these unreliable keyboards it's gonna start making a name for itself um that's a tough one i feel like these complaints
1: we see a lot of them being so in this community but to the general public i'm not sure it's as widely known that there's a greater level of issues with these keyboards uh so i don't know potentially I, i feel like we're in a little bit of an echo echo chamber where all these tech enthusiasts are complaining, but in the real world, you don't hear it nearly as much. So I'm hopeful that this won't have any impact on resale value in the future. Mm. Maybe just
0: before I put it on the market, I should take a little sample, walk through the city and ask a few random people.
1: (laughs) How do you feel about the keyboard?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any opinion? Uh, No, (laughs) No,
1: I do not. (laughs) I mean, it's also possible if this gets bad enough that Apple could issue some sort of recall or repair program like they've done in the past, like the graphics cards on the 2011 MacBook Pros or something like
0: that. Yeah, especially considering the replacement costs because I believe it's astronomical. They've got to replace quite a lot of the unit to actually replace the keyboard. Yeah. I've seen quotes of out-of-warranty repairs around $700. US Wow. Wow. That's...
1: That scares me a lot. I'm I'm an avid supporter of the Apple Care Plus. I buy it, like, on my watch and on my phone and on my iPad and everything I carry around with me, though I've never once bought it for any of my Macs, though, because they've been so reliable and I'm so careful with them, I never worry about it. Whereas I've dropped my phone, you know, hundreds of times. I've never, like, dropped my computer, so I've never worried about purchasing extended warranty on it, but... Now I'm worried that here in a year or two, there's just going to be an issue with the keyboard and I'm going to have to shell out a bunch of money to fix it.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just wait and see. But, yeah. I think... I w- I'd say it's probably a more than likely chance that we'll see an extended warranty thing for these keyboards.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, well, hopefully they're able to overcome whatever
1: technical limitation they're facing. Like, uh, maybe they need... Well, they really need to make the max have the like the ip67 dust and water resistance
0: and that would help a lot there's a patent that was posted on reddit it's probably six months ago now um, that apple had and i know patents generally don't mean anything when they're just kind of uh published before you know without an actual product um but there were there was an apple keyboard with gaskets around the keys so that nothing including water and dust would be able to get underneath them oh see that I think that would probably resolve the problem as a whole if they can figure out how to make that work. Yeah, that would be good.
1: So, we'll keep dreaming. That's, so, kind of on an old topic here. Here, Accents. I almost couldn't catch on to what you were talking about. I've never heard anyone call it a patent before.
0: Oh, what do you call it? Patent. <laughs> patent. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know.
1: Dialects are fun. yeah
0: (laughs) all right let's push on to uh what's the title of the article actually i have the article instead of the uh the post hang on a sec uh all right apple my request for all the data it had on me was eye-opening and i have to admit something a little embarrassing that i read the the um the title of the post for uh, quite a few times without actually reading the post and i assumed that he was going to complain about how much data Apple had on him. This is an article from USA Today. But when I finally got down to reading the post, it turns out that it was eye-opening because Apple doesn't really keep much data on you. Um, yeah, and that's
1: one of the reasons I've always been a, a big fan of Apple is uh, their stance on privacy. Um, all, most, most of the data, if not all the data they collect, is anonymous. So it's not tied specifically to one person or one account or one device. Um, so in that regard, yeah, they don't they don't store much information on you specifically. Um,
0: yeah, things like Siri requests and your Safari history—they're not stored by Apple. Compared, he said that the a file he received it, it took a week to get to him. But it was only nine megabytes he'd done the same for google and facebook google's checked in at 243 megabytes and facebook's was 881 megabytes wow yeah a huge comparison
1: yeah, yeah compared to some of the have you heard about this facebook scandal that came out it was a couple weeks ago now but the facebook app on android phones was like monitoring all of your phone calls as well Like it had, like if you requested all of your data from Facebook, they would send you a link with like every phone call you've made and to whom you made it and when you made it and how long the conversation was and things like that.
0: Yeah. I think we actually talked about that on the show that you weren't there for. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, well, compared to practices like that, uh, I mean, that's one of my biggest selling points on Apple.
0: Yeah. That was insane how, um, Facebook had all the information and it was because, um android uh it was a vulnerability or maybe not a vulnerability but there just wasn't granular control in yeah, that version of android kind of like an but, all or nothing approach in android yeah that's right yeah. but even though that has been resolved through the the now granular approach to privacy because facebook can still target their app at the really old version of the do you call it apk with android something like that um they still don't abide by these granular controls even though it's and, been out for years now
1: and that's not even considering that you know most of the android users are on an operating system that's a couple versions behind i think the newest version only
0: has eight percent adoption currently yeah that's a story every year isn't it then the yeah. newest this version is always in the single digit percents yeah so I mean, so even
1: even if google does issue these fixes you know it could take years to get to some
0: users. Yeah, that's right. Especially on the low-end phones that never get updates.
1: Yeah, exactly. A lot of these, uh, like, prepay phones you can pick up that are, like, $50 and have technically Android, but it's so slow you can't really do anything with it. It's probably probably running a version of Android from, like, 2012 or
0: something. Um, speaking of popularity, the next article was that analysts were wrong. The iPhone ten is still the most popular iPhone, which... This data comes from the earnings call report, and I was a little surprised because every single report I read up until the earnings call um, pretty much build the iPhone X as an underperforming, underselling, less popular phone, even worse than the iPhone 8, but apparently not.
1: Um, this, I mean, this feels like we hear a similar story every year about, oh, Apple didn't do anything special this year, like when the 7 came out, and they're like, well, this is just a little bit faster 6S, and it's not going to perform as well, and then apple releases all these earnings calls and they're always way better than expected i feel like apple takes advantage of it as well uh they release the devices and then people complain and say they're not innovative enough and their stock drops and then apple takes that opportunity to buy back a lot of their stocks and then and then they have their earnings call and suddenly you know that's an easy way to make a ton of money (laughs) yeah
0: and it's like clockwork isn't it every
1: year and it, it yeah every year and and pretty much every product Apple releases, you hear the same thing. So, but I think I think analysts just like to, well, not even analysts necessarily, just uh, tech journalists like to write headlines that it's going to catch people's attention. And, oh, Bloomberg. the new iPhone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think those kind of headlines grab attention. And, and now that these uh, official numbers have been released, they can have... You know, contradictory headlines and they'll get even more more clicks so
0: do you follow these earnings calls at all do you read up on them or read any transcripts because i admit i am not that interested in them really
1: yeah i i never uh, actually listen in or, or read the transcripts of of the earnings calls i get the highlights from from reddit for the most part and if something really interesting pops up i'll read an article or two but that's about
0: the extent yeah and we'll just like what's happened now. Hey, with these reports yeah. coming out. Yep. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to change one thing on your iPhone 10, what would it be?
1: Oh man. Um, put me on a spot here. <laughs> I've, I've been really, really happy with my iPhone. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, I'd get rid of the notch. I don't, I don't see it as, as really an issue though.
0: Like it doesn't bother me day to day usage. Um,
1: if I had to change one, like, are we talking physical or software?
0: Well, I think it would have to be physical because software is kind of okay. You know, I was,
1: I was gonna say Siri as a cop out, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already um, thought of my answer. So. <laughs> okay. okay, well, why don't you tell yours and then
0: I'll 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 contemplate mine while I'm while you're answering. All right, um, I've decided that I much prefer Touch ID over Face ID. So what oh, I would really? really want, yeah, is a under the glass or under the OLED fingerprint sensor to come back. I just, every time I use touch ID on someone else's phone, I just, it's, it's not just nostalgia. It's a, it is a lot better. You can put your hand in your pocket and pull your phone out and it's already unlocked or ready to go. Um, Apple pay is a hassle with face ID. Um, Like the workflow, if your phone is already unlocked, is you have to put the phone against the NFC reader. It initializes Apple Pay. You have to bring it up to your face to read face ID, and then you have to put the phone back on the NFC reader, which is just not as smooth as just holding it there with your finger on it, and it uh, instantly so, takes your money. Here's here's what you need to do. Just use your Apple Watch. I have. I Yeah, I do. <laughs> I've gone back to it. <laughs> so, and I, don't, I think I, I mentioned this before, but... Um, Pre-Face ID, so on, whenever I had a Touch ID phone, I found I was compelled to use that more than my Apple Watch because it was easier. But ever since getting an iPhone X, I've found the Apple Watch is easier. So I use that for Apple Pay now, even when it means putting my wrist at like a weird angle to try and get those stupid um, NFC readers where the, the reader's on the side, like on the left-hand side of the machine. <laughs> right. Which is really awkward. <laughs> um,
1: I can't say that I've I've had that many complaints with Face ID I, I especially like when I'm logging into a website and it just will automatically scan my face and enter my credentials for me. Um, oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that That'll feels pretty that seamless. One. That is smooth. Yeah. Um, uh, as
1: far as consistency, like I, I feel like I've had a similar success rate with Face ID as I did with Touch ID. Um, there's very few instances where Face ID doesn't work for me. Um, but yeah, I've never tried to do an NFC transaction like with with my iPhone cause I've gotten so used to using my Apple watch. Um, but I think I have, I think I have my answer. If, if I was going to change one thing about the iPhone 10, I would get rid of the camera bump.
0: Ah, okay. So you're running caseless. I presume then if you're still noticing it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my case for my iPhone is Apple care plus. (laughs) 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 So, um, yeah, but trying like this is a bump, especially on the earlier models, like the six and the seven, it wasn't as bad and it didn't really bother me but on the 10 using the iphone on a flat surface feels uh really uncomfortable because of how much it wobbles and it makes and the iphone is really slippery if it can make it less slippery i'll have my phone sitting on a desk and get a phone call or a text message and it'll vibrate itself like slide right
0: off the desk and that's never been an issue i've had with any other iphone oh i've had the exact same thing like i leave it alone on a flat horizontal surface come back a few minutes later and it's just on the floor
1: yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the bump. I don't know what they did, but my phone slides around so much. So, but yeah, that's what I'm um, I, I Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. I was caseless, but um, I got a case for my birthday, so it's on there now. And it's pretty nice because you don't have the bump and also it doesn't slide off every um, wireless charger in the house. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of case did you get? I got the official Apple leather i think it's black or dark blue no, is it the the folio or just the standard case no no it's just the standard one <laughs> i've heard all sorts of bad things about the folio case oh um, have i didn't you? really have it Yeah, things like um when you, when you fold the front cover to the back of the phone the phone starts to muffle your voice something to do with the what do you call it? like the noise detection on the back
1: oh yeah the, the noise, noise cancellation phone. on the back yeah, noise cancellation
0: that's one and also, uh, hey, Siri doesn't... Oh, sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. The Siri activation word doesn't work when the folio front is closed. Yeah. But even, regardless, I probably wouldn't have um, got a, a case on my phone that required it to be flipped open like that.
1: Yeah, I'm not it a fan of those cases of either, but I, I haven't heard any of those complaints, so that's interesting.
0: So. Again, it could just be the vocal minority. Right.
1: right. Is thats that... Is that- like, when the case is closed, it's muffling the microphone so Siri can't hear you? Or is it that the magnet latch that tells the phone to be off, it just forces Siri to be off, even in
0: those cases? Um, unlike the, the noise cancellation thing, which I actually saw in real life, I didn't see this in real life, but from what I remember, it uh, it disables the huh. Siri command. Well, that d- it, it, yeah. seems like a mistake. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay.
1: Well, I, I have used Apple's uh, leather cases in the past. I think the last one I got was from my 6 Plus, and they're really nice. So, I definitely... Like, especially the like the actual metal buttons on the side.
0: Uh, I feel really mm, good. Yeah, they, they added them to the 6S generation of leather cases, yeah. and they're really
1: nice. So, they make good cases, but I don't know. I just feel like I want my phone to be as thin as possible, so... I've gone caseless for a few years now. Yeah, nice.
0: But. all right, the next article on the list: three down, two to go. We're doing mm-hmm. pretty well for time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are. Is that iOS 11.4? And this is in the latest beta. I'm not sure about previous betas. Will introduce Siri Plus AirPlay commands. Okay. Uh, did you um, Did you see this post? This- this is your post. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd noticed. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. got top five. Nice. For the week. <laughs>
1: All right, so so lead the way since you're the,
0: the OP on this one. Yeah, I'm not gonna definitely not going to claim to have discovered it or anything like that because um, I saw it was posted by the guy that makes the Apollo Reddit client on Twitter. Uh, he found that in their latest beta that you can say things like siri play podcasts in the living room and what it does is actually kicks off airplay from your phone to whatever speakers in the living room be that a home pod or an apple tv um if you've got the like hdmi CC set up then it would you know turn on the apple tv and then turn on the tv as well which is you know pretty cool and if they can make that work with the videos and that as well that would be amazing just like google already does um you can also control multi-room audio so if something's already playing let's say air playing to the living room you could also say to your phone siri play this in the uh, on the patio as well or two i'm not sure about as well um and it would then start air playing to there as well so it's pretty pretty nice to be able to airplay just using uh, your voice right is this to speak to the speaker itself is this a
1: feature that's as far as we know for Siri only on the phone or could you also in
0: theory like tell your HomePod to also play on an Apple TV? I don't think you're going to be able to do that. I'd be surprised. So I haven't would... got any beta software on my HomePod. I'm not even sure if that's possible. I've never looked into it. I haven't tried surprised. either. Mm. But yeah, something like if in the living room and have a home pod
1: and a video playing on my apple tv and i could just say hey siri and my home pod to pick up i could just you know control like the media playback from my apple tv from my home pod that would be really cool
0: Hmm. you've already got the siri in the remote control though for that yeah so it would just this say is, picking up the remote or finding yeah, the remote this
1: is gonna be me sounding like a lazy american but if i don't have to reach for the remote that's even better. <laughs> so, I don't know. But I'm, I'm glad they're extending series functionality. Uh, hopefully this means good things for AirPlay 2 on the horizon. Um, I'm starting to wonder if it's going to be pushed all the way back to iOS
0: 12 at this point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Along with iMessages in the cloud.
1: Yeah, there's been just no word on I- iMessage in the cloud at all for a while.
0: It's been strange, hasn't it it the
1: The whole thing has been strange recently, but with uh I don't know the rumors that Apple's really f- doubling down on bug fixes for iOS twelve, I have high hopes
0: yeah, it, it's almost like we can get our hopes up for Siri as well, um, because there's the rumors of them going out and hiring or a lot more positions being opened for the Siri team. And then we get this neat little feature, which is, is definitely a catch-up to the other virtual assistants. But the signs are probably for the first time in a long time like on slightly on the uptick because I'd say before this, we were definitely still on a downwards trajectory.
1: Yeah, or at least where Siri as a whole was like kind of just staying flat while these other assistants were exponentially improving. So. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and yeah. I think a lot of this goes back to the Apple's... Privacy standpoint, at least to some extent, with like Siri's voice recognition, I've heard this a lot. Is while Google will use your data to either give you better suggestions or use your voice data to improve recognition, Apple, on the most part, doesn't do anything with your data, so they can't use it to improve Siri the same way a company like Amazon or Google does.
0: I do believe they're working on using the data but just not having it uh associated with anyone's identity i can't remember the exact term for the randomization of it right
1: yeah i've heard some about this as well from
0: uh yeah detaching the voice commands from the
1: actual account just for speech training algorithms yeah but so i don't know yeah i have high hopes i still i mean since Siri's the assistant i interact with most I uh, really hope that she gets better. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We're kind of trapped, aren't we? Kind of feels like it. So,
1: I mean, for the few things I use her for, she's okay. But um, I'd really like to be able to to do quick, like, web queries without her just giving me a bunch of links.
0: Yeah, well, um, Apple did hire, uh, what's his name, was it? John, John Andreas, something like that from Google. Um, That sounds right. I think we've talked about this briefly. Mm -hmm. But... He was the pioneer of MetaWeb who, or MetaWeb was the pioneer of the answer your general knowledge question using internet search, I guess, which Google bought in 2010, Google bought MetaWeb. uh, And then the guy, John, maybe, um, then joined Apple in Feb this year, I think it was. So yeah, keep your hopes up.
1: Have you noticed this is this has been something that I've I haven't actually checked recently to see if it's been put back but when Siri was introduced in 2011 uh she had really strong uh integrations with Wolfram Alpha and yeah. you could a- ask yeah. things like you know complex math or I think you could even ask like questions about calories and food and she'd query Wolfram yeah. for that yeah. and that she doesn't seem to do that anymore it seems i don't know if there's been some kind of like they've disassociated from each other but i don't get results from wolfram anymore on my series oh really
0: i hadn't noticed that they disappeared because yeah. you could ask really random things like how many elephants fit in the moon and it would calculate the volume of both and then work yeah it for you.
1: yeah it was it was pretty good and this isn't a new observation i think this is probably a year ago i noticed that like the quintessential demonstration they did on stage is like they asked how many calories were in a bagel and like wolfram came back with the answer and i tried that exact same question, I think a year ago. And it, it like gave me a, a search results for how many calories are in a bagel. Mm. Yeah, right. So, okay. But I, I don't think I've checked it since then, actually. So maybe it's, maybe it's been fixed or maybe there's been a falling out. I don't know. But that was my first real feeling of series getting less intelligent.
0: Maybe Apple never checked with Wolfram Alpha if it was okay to do this. <laughs> and Wolfram finally closed that door. Just like how YouTube never checked with Wikipedia if they did you see that they they announced that they would start putting blurbs from Wikipedia under some YouTube videos and we no I didn't like, see that uh, I've never you know you haven't asked us if you can do this I mean huh. Wikipedia's data is available for that but you'd think if they're gonna have like a huge uptick in traffic from YouTube that Google would at least check first yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, Apple's Apple's definitely done stuff like this in the past. Like, I believe iPhone was trademarked in other countries and they were, in the, like, trying to buy it and the companies were saying no and they just went ahead and named their phone iPhone and, like, paid everyone off in the lawsuits that followed. Um, actually, one case of Apple backing down was the Apple TV. When it was announced, it was called the iTV and I believe there's a, a British television station called itv and they shut that down and that's that was the birth of putting apple before product names was because of was that it really? one i think so i think the apple tv was the first thing that they put apple before a product name so yeah because they're kind of forced away from the I because this legal battle with whatever the news
0: news station or something in the uk yeah i think it's something run by the bbc yeah so maybe the online platform because they've got the iPlayer. yeah yeah so um, I'm just about out of time. Should we just push through this last topic in like two minutes? Yeah, let's do it. Which, all right. So AirPods are tough. I agree. AirPods are tough. Check. <laughs> all right.
1: Um, I mean, I haven't I haven't beaten mine up too much, but I've seen lots of posts about uh, AirPods going through like a washing machine and surviving. Uh, this is probably the most extreme case I've seen of being left outdoors for a long time. And through extreme mm, yeah. weather
0: and ice and everything, and still working afterwards. Uh, but the worst I've done to mine is I dropped one in the sink and it stopped working for like fifteen minutes. But then it just came alive itself. Oh wow!
1: Have you have you noticed any uh, battery degradation in your AirPods?
0: I haven't. No, no. I, I know a lot of people have because they've got a tiny little thirty milliamp hour battery, but. I did a test, it was a couple of months ago and uh, I like I, I had a plane to catch. I put them on when I was leaving the office, like caught a train, uh, got to the airport, got on the plane and the plane was taking off like four hours later and I was still cranking their podcasts. And this was, you know, in a noisy environment with the AirPods over 80% volume, I think. Huh. Which, yeah. And I got mine on launch day and have used them at least every day. So if I'm getting over 48, over four hours at above 80% volume, I'm going to say that no, the battery is still as good as when I bought them or very good. I mean, I think, I
1: feel like I've observed mine not lasting as long, but I actually think the problem is I need to charge them so rarely I usually forget and they end up being at like 30% charge when I want to use them. Uh, Okay. So it's (laughs) because it's like maybe once a week I actually put them on a charger they just last so long so i guess i guess that i guess that is a testament to how long they last um and the couple times that they die on me i'm like why is my battery so bad but it's it's all my fault (laughs) it's all on you you're you're charging it wrong (laughs) well if they get this air power charging mat out ever i would love that and just set my airpods on it every night and not worry about it
0: that's the other thing that's strangely gone missing isn't it yeah not a word (laughs) That's so strange. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm really yeah. worried it's going to be too expensive. I've seen pretty solid rumors of about 200 and I believe that. 200 that's, USD? No, no way. I, I can't believe that. Cuz that's like it'll probably be 300 Australian dollars and that's that's more than AirPods. Well, one
1: high-speed Qi charger from Apple right now is what eighty dollars. So you're getting three of three of those in one, basically, and the added feature of your devices can communicate and they're all displayed like their battery status on your iPhone. So I I
0: actually believe that it'll be in the one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars range. Okay. Well, I'm gonna put a guess out there. I'm gonna say it's gonna be one twenty-nine US. Okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> and one day when they come out. We'll see. We'll have to remember this. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll save this. We'll see who is, who is closer. Okay. That sounds good. All right. I've got to wrap it up there. Um, thanks for joining. I am James Vidiem on Reddit and Twitter. And I'm JellyWoot on Reddit and Twitter. And we've got a Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Apple show. And, uh, yeah, appreciate any support. All right. Thanks. Talk to you next week.